Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to a new episode of the Football Ramble. It is Tuesday the 7th of July. I'm Kate Mason. I'm Pete Donaldson. And I'm Vidushina Hantaraja. Some are calling it the best game of football has been seen since the lockdown. Some are calling it the worst game of football that's been seen since the lockdown. I'm calling it a delightful three points. And again, a Jose Mourinho tactical masterclass. Mm. Friends, what are you seeing it as? Are we talking about the same game? <laughs> well, I mean, Vish, you were there, mate, so you had to actually get there. I was. And come I home was. from it. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> There's no coming back. I don't think you ever really come back from that. You know when people talk about really traumatic experiences that yeah. stay with them and mm. and scope the rest of their miserable lives? I think that was that was my um, that was my nom yesterday. <laughs> I'm really excited by this three, by the way. Oh, yeah? When I, when I heard we were all going to be on together, obviously, Pete, I did my first show with you. Mm. Kate, this is our first time together. It's a bit. I felt a bit like, you know, when you go to a wedding and you don't really know anyone, mm. and so you look at the table, plan you're like i'm on the fun table yes this is the the fun table table, aren't we yes i gave everyone um some japanese uh black black chewing gum uh which has caffeine in it so So it's going to be even more fun than we anticipated starting to hit me actually (laughs) and guys this chewing gum is actually black i don't know yeah yeah yeah, anyone anticipated i really i really did not anticipate it's got chrysanthemum in it 
Yeah, and, and, and now we all have. Yeah. <laughs> I'm quite <laughs> sensitive to caffeine. I don't know if I mentioned. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, no, we're going to have a right wild show. Uh, look, at least we'll put more effort into the show than it seemed that any of those teams seemed to want to do yesterday. Well, I don't know about that. What about Hugo Lloris, guys? <laughs> yeah. I have slapped my seat handle. <laughs> seat handle? He was very angry uh, with uh, Son, wasn't he? Is that, that's probably the best place to start, isn't it? Because yeah. I, Well, it I, might I, be for you because it sounds like it was news to you. Well, yeah, I mean, it, 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 it was... <laughs> It was and it wasn't. It was because obviously it's quite a dramatic incident between, mm. you know, a team going one nil up and you think things are, are going well and then their two players are fighting as they go through the tunnel. And it wasn't in the sense that I didn't actually see it even though I was there. <laughs> and I, it was on the work WhatsApp group. God, what the hell was that? And I was like, God. What it was, th- it was over very quickly. Yeah, I mean, to be yeah, a f- that, that was my excuse. Yeah. It was over very quickly. And it happened quite far away. The pitch is actually quite far. From exactly. Yeah. Set. Yeah. I'm not in the dugout, oh. so it can't be expected to see everything. Is um, there a lot of jostling for position? Because as I understand it, in this new normal, you have to sit in some strange places to watch the game if you're allowed to go. Well, so you don't really sit in strange places at Spurs because the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium is so big. So mm. the press box is quite big. So uh. it's reduced capacity anyway. So everyone just kind of sits where they're sat. I was I was at the front row um, and I was really worried because Toby Alderweireld started for the first time. And I thought, if he's a bit rusty here, one of those diags could go straight for my bonds. <laughs> and I was genuinely quite You're fearful. Your own patrol. Yeah. So every now and again, I mean, I was going to say I was looking up from my laptop, but obviously I missed the most important thing of the match. <laughs> So well, I not mean, enough. What price to be in that tunnel? I mean, it's 30 grand, but I mean, <laughs> with that see-through tunnel, but what price to see what happened after? Because obviously when they came back out for the second half, it was all hugs and stuff like that and, and for the cameras. But I reckon there was some proper arguing going in, uh, on in that uh, dressing room. Yeah, so, so the crux of it seemed to be, uh, I originally thought it was something to do with the fact that Lloris was trying to get rid of the ball before, it emanated from Richarlison's chance mm. where Richarlison drags wide as one of the last bits of action at the first half and I thought the issue was that previously in that phase Larissa tried to set Sun free right. but Sun wasn't running mm. now obviously that doesn't sound very much like Sun who's kind of in perpetual motion Yeah, and on replays it seems that Sun didn't track back so when the ball eventually gets its way to Richarlison and goes wide Larissa first reaction is, is to shout at Sun and mm. Sun kind of bats him away and then, yeah, Larissa just runs after him and, <laughs> and then it just goes from there. Like, I didn't know you could be angry at Song Hyun Min. No. Even when he broke Andre Gomez's leg at Goodison Park, people are like, oh, but he didn't mean it. Though, did he? <laughs> but is he a bit of a stealth bad guy? He is. is a this, b- he's a bit of a... He's got se- quite a few red cards. Yeah, he has got, yeah, he's he's a, guy, you're saying the guy, he's the guy who served in the armed forces. He's got a, <laughs> kind of a bit of a mean streak about him. That's interesting. We'll, yeah. What a way to unpack that. Um, <laughs> I think it's a territorial army, though, isn't it, really? Yeah. Do you, do you, do you, it's not the proper bad guy. <laughs> I mean, it's a territory that's very disputed, though, Kit, to be fair. The, the demilitarised zone is very much... It gets a bit spicy every now and again. They blew up a building last week, for crying out loud. You said that like he's rocking up to training now, just with, like, with a bit of paint on his face. Like, What's that? Oh, this? Oh, just, just a bit of army stuff. Don't worry about that. Manoeuvres at the weekend with the lads. Yeah. Oh, you know, they're watching, you know, watching a film. And he's like, yeah, that's what I'd do. 
<laughs> if I was up there, actually, that's yeah, that's how we get down. L- Laurie Sidson kind of sounds like a really bad Pixar kind of little number, doesn't it? Like a, it wouldn't even be Pixar; it'd be like DreamWorks. It'd be a Shark's Tale, like a slow Loris and his son, <laughs> kind of looking after each other. One's John the Army, one's an angry dad who doesn't understand his son. Oh, dude, it's fantastic. Speaking of Pixar, did you buy that hug at the end? Because that no. felt, that felt very straight for the cameras. Yeah, wasn't it? Of course it was. Well, so yeah. Well, then in that case, are we suggesting that the entire affair was orchestrated for the cameras? So it had everything. It had the start. It had the questionable motivation. Mm. It was all in front of everyone well, while they were going down the tunnel. Well, it's nothing actually happened in the in the dressing room. No, everyone just, was just like, "Ha ha!" Part of the banter <laughs> and scene. Uh, and then they came out again. Ah, oh, we're friends. That would be very Jose Mourinho tactics to employ. Don't call him that. You're going to get pelters again. Oh, yeah. What, what, what am I supposed it's to call It's a hard yeah. J on a Portuguese, Portuguese was, name. Right, there, was okay. a very, there was a there was a hour-long uh, documentary on my old radio station uh, about uh, David Boy uh, from, that, that somebody did. And every single... He said, I'm the biggest fan of David Boy. Uh, David Boy, David Boy. But he wasn't saying Boy, he was saying Bowie. And so everyone would get very... For an whole hour, this man who professed to be the biggest David Boy fan... We're saying David Bowie. Is this not a rowling rolling situation? No, uh, I think it's definitely uh, one or other. That's uh, why it's confusing that he called his son Zowie Bowie. Bowie. Oh. Zowie Bowie. It doesn't make any sense. It was Zowie Bowie. Could it sense. be... So, like, where I'm from in Northamptonshire, mm. there is a river Neen mm. on the side of the county that I'm from. Right. But if you're from the other side of the county, you call it the River Nen. Could it be that kind I, of situation? I think... Is it East Is it East Midlands, Northampton? I think East Midlands... Are, like, there's, a, there's a street in Leicester called... Uh, Belvo- it's spelled Belvoir, but they Ooh. call it Beaver Street. I, th- I don't think I don't think they've got a handle on how to pronounce anything in the East Midlands, to be quite frank. But yeah. Fair dues, yeah. The, the, uh, so, Jose... <laughs> Um, I, I would quite like the idea that Jose would employ kind of really um, cringy reality TV tactics yeah. just to like, right, just have a bit of niggle there. Get the viewers in. Yeah. And we'll make it, up for it it's, dis- the end. it's distracted from the performance of, the, of his football team. I know that much. It served him very well. Well, I mean, I don't think they were... They obviously did enough to win the game because they won the game, but I, th- I didn't think it was that. Maybe it was on reflection as I, as I drove home, but I thought... If they knew they could outscrap Everton, which they did, they they did it perfectly. Really, I was mm. quite surprised. Like you know, Kate, you watched the game as a Spurs fan, but I was quite surprised that in the first place that they decided to turn it into a bit of a, a dogfight. But you know, they did win, and they. I don't know. You're not. We're not going to suddenly have a revelation that Mourinho is this kind of suddenly you know rekindled tactical genius in this weird little period where we're playing you know a game every other day so mm. getting the points you know are you satisfied by that <laughs> me personally yeah yeah well i try to be the eternal optimist as um as i guess many football fans have to be throughout their lives <laughs> apart from, i was gonna say apart from if perhaps if you're a manchester united fan during that glorious period i can't imagine what that must have felt like no i mean i don't think we need to talk about that do we that's what dig up old memories i just anyway mo- the, yeah. most football fans experience of football is weighted towards the painful i would say yeah. so you have to have this ability to think Perhaps it is going to get better, <laughs> yeah. even though as I did. Um, I chatted to Marcus um, Speller rather than Rashford uh, mm. the other day for a Patreon thing. Mm. And um, oh, sign up to the Patreon, everybody. Patreon.com is- forward slash Football Rumble Daily. Is that right? Yes, we're right. <laughs> Great work. If you ain't going to edit stuff out, <laughs> I'm going to just use them as a resource. All right. 
<laughs> Line. <laughs> little bit mean. That's quite meta. I like this it's kind of meta, meta podcasting. For the early adopters of the podcast yesterday, it's fine. Look, let's have some fun with it. Let's roll with it. Come on. Yes. Um, I enjoyed it enormously. Anyway, um, yes, as I was saying to Marcus on there, you know, it was such a glorious time when Pochettino was the boss of Spurs because you felt as though you could kind of identify with the club. It felt like it was somewhere going, it was a club going somewhere, mm. you know, whereas it's more difficult to identify perhaps at this stage of Jose Mourinho's career with Jose Mourinho. But you have to keep believing or with his the idea that he's going to take you somewhere and that he's going to become modern, as you're saying. Yeah. But you have to hold on to the belief that it could happen and this could be a kind of... Porto rebooted. But then you you see someone in Giovanni Lo Celso being given time and I suppose the space to grow into the player that he's become and mm. everything seems that little bit warmer, doesn't it? Like he he was a real bright spark yesterday for, for everyone. He kind of he gave me hope that I would see it out of the game alive. <laughs> but also he just he, he's such a good player to watch. Even in a scrappy game like yesterday. Mm. So he played as number as a number 10. Um I'm I'm not tactically refined but basically just off the front man, he was the furthest forward of their three midfielders. And he made the most tackles in the game. Mm. And I think that's kind of indicative of, of his performance. He's the kind of person who just does it all. Like he, he would tackle someone and then give them shit. <laughs> like he was just constantly in their ear, just giving a bit of niggle. And then there were other times where he'd get the ball on the edge of his box and Everton would be, you know, crowding him in blue shirts. And he'd either... Get out, get out of that situation perfectly and kind of lead another attack. Or you just take the foul at exactly the right time. Mm. Mason Holgate took him out and Mason Holgate had to be substituted because he was hurt. <laughs> you know, that's the level that we're dealing with here. His and decision making is very good, I think. Yeah, yeah. I like, uh, and Holgate had to do that, right? It was literally, that was the last moment yeah, he had to foul yeah. him. It was, it was coming into the penalty area. Yeah. It's like, right, I've got to do this. Ah. He's got to be really annoying to play against because he looks, he looks you know, a similar stature to Harry Winks. Mm. But there's clearly like, he's, he's, got, he's got a greater density, isn't he? He's, dr- he's, a, he's a boy who's drunk his milk. <laughs> he's, yeah, he's, had, he's had a Guinness. He's like, yeah, those, yeah. Where your granddad sits down and have a Guinness every Saturday. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. It makes you strong. Well, it's like, a full, it's like a full meal. It's not granddad. <laughs> it's, it's not it was granddad. Supposed, That's why grandma left you. <laughs> <laughs> it was supposed. It was given to pregnant women back in the day. It was, yeah, iron. You know, to help you with your iron. So That'd be all right. All Come on. Bring it back. I called uh, La Celso an absolute spunk on the WhatsApp group, a term that Kate was not across. Let's make that very clear. Because Kate, you'd never watch any neighbours back in the 80s. Let me... Be clear. <laughs> <laughs> can I can I interject it because I, I know I apologise for saying it outside, but I should say it while we're on the record. Mm. But you're 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 a famous not knower of things, aren't you? <laughs> That's a brand. I, I didn't know the brands, but Kate is not up on pop culture. <laughs> Vish, you've got a bad car, apparently. Yeah, I've got yeah. a Honda Jazz, which, which is actually a fine kind. If the makers of Honda Jazz are listening, yeah. well, Honda, um, <laughs> we'll be thank you. Do you want a free? I don't want no, I don't want another one because was, I didn't know where to put it. But, th- but th- thank you for the, the Jazz. The of the Honda Jazz. And talk to Honda. us about <laughs> and Jazz. <laughs> and talk to us about your brand, Pete Donalds. Uh, my brand is chewing gum black black uh, that I bought from the Japan Centre in uh, Piccadilly uh, earlier on this week. So yeah, that's, that's very much who I'm sponsored by. It's okay. Yeah, you don't know anything. So. <laughs> Give me 
Maybe she'd never met Kate before. The moment. <laughs> Straight went, in. Went, Kate, you don't know anything. I thought, whoa, this is going to be a spicy one, isn't it? Brilliant. <laughs> well, I, I was. Uh, so I listened to the, um, the the Friday show where. Oh Jesus! Can but, we not bring up the Friday show? Well, no, no, because it was it was great. Because obviously it was I was after the Spurs defeat, and you mm. did what I could as as host of the show. You did what could only be described as filibustering. <laughs> yes. Um, and I wondered coming into this if you if you do that as well. And obviously it wasn't a great game, but you won. You kind of you such a relief because you can only do it player. once, really. Or, yeah, or maybe course. once a month. I was yeah. thinking once well, every two weeks. There was a, the woman in Congress who did it, where she um she wore a back brace and mm-hmm. she filibustered for like. 23 hours or something I mean, like that. I mean, the idea that, I mean, that was obviously part of our uh, uh, congressional and, and, and political um, landscape back in Benjamin Disraeli's time. <laughs> <Yeah>. But <laughs> why that even exists in 2020, that people feel the need to f- just fill their time so nothing can get done, is wonderfully, it's not even passive aggressive, is it, Vish? I mean, the idea that filibustering exists as a political tool in 2020. It's it's like in um, in FIFA 94, where you could run away from the referee when he was about to card you, that was I could do this all day. I'm laughing like I know what that is. Um, (laughs) Speaking of which, Mm. uh, what about Everton then? Mm. There's a lovely little Miguel Delaney piece, colleague of yours, I feel like, Vish. Yes. Um, I think it was from the start of the year, though, where he was talking about um, how Carlo Ancelotti has actually underperformed domestically, despite, you know, European silverware Mm. that he has access to and has provided access to. Um, (laughs) He's he's a cup manager. (laughs) <laughs> he, said, uh, he said it's fairly stark after 19 seasons at the biggest and wealthiest clubs in Europe. Uh, they've only leaded, yeah, yielded four league titles and two of those at PSG and Bayern Munich. Mm. So when Carlo Ancelotti went to Everton, part of me thought, oh, actually, wouldn't have minded seeing him at Tottenham. What do you think of him as someone who can make Everton great again? I mean, he's dressed like, I said that he was dressed like the dad from Get Out. That's all I've got on that particular uh, situation. But I think, no, I think with Ancelotti, he he likes big players and he understands big personalities. Has he got that, Evan? I'd probably say not. They've got expensive players and they've got a lot of them. But I don't think there's any big personalities. I mean, you had, you, last night you had Alex Warby's facial, you know, uh, facial disgust at... Uh, <laughs> shouldn't have paused there. Uh, Alex Warby's facial disgust at uh, his goalkeeper's uh, work a couple of times, which I enjoyed immensely. So I could see that kind of turning a little bit mm. and, 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 the, and the team kind of folding in on itself. Uh, but, I mean, who knows? He may not even be there next season mm. because it's been a very underwhelming return, I think, uh, in many ways. Fish. I think it takes a, a lot of self-awareness for someone like Ancelotti with three European Cups and kind of his CV to take the Everton job because he obviously appreciates a lot of what Miguel laid out in his article that he's not quite a spent force, but certainly he's on the way. And certainly mm. the impression was that um, kind of even a little bit at Bayern Munich that modern football was had passed him by. Mm. And I think he came to that realisation because why else? He, you know, he could, he could have held out for a, for a, a better job. He could have, you know, in a different world, he gets that Spurs job or he just makes a shitload of money elsewhere, mm. doesn't he? You know, yeah. there's not like there are avenues for him to go down to enjoy the rest of his career and kind of be pretty satisfied when he puts his medals on the table and thinks, you know, oh, I've had a good run at this. Yeah, European so I, I, or domestic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So he, like, he clearly has ambition still within, within the game and he clearly believes that Everton are a club that can at least... That, he can mould not just in a tactical sense, but they seem to revere him quite mm. a lot as well because, you know, he's a, he's an incredibly famous manager. I'm not going to lie. I sat there and I thought, wow, fuck yeah, I've, you know, Carl Angelotti yeah. is, you know, I could, 
I was going to say I could throw something at him. I would never throw something at a manager. <laughs> Got to stop throwing things press. at people. Yeah, but um, <laughs> but you know he, he is he is a name. That game yesterday was played out between two managers with five European Cups between them. Yeah, which is kind of mad because I think before play it was tenth versus eleventh. Mm, yeah, right, and okay. if you consider yeah, so the last I, I sat there at the beginning and I thought, wow, the last time they met was ten years ago. Mourinho would have been at Inter Milan, Ancelotti at Chelsea. Yes, so yeah. and it was in the Champions League and it was if I remember it, which is a bit sketchy after, you know, 10 years, but it, <laughs> it was a mad old game. It was hectic. Of course, there were people in the stands. <laughs> Unusual for football these yeah. days. But, you know, it was a proper meeting of two titans and to see that last night. Well, I mean, come on, guys. I mean, are we forgetting that, like, Spurs have been involved in Champions League finals recently? Yes, we are not you know forgetting I mean? that. Because <laughs> I, I haven't. Think, I don't think Kate's forgotten. Yeah. Man United fan and a Spurs fan looking all down in the mouth. Shut up, boys. I will never forget. Oh, your time is, is on the way, mate. You need to get on that Saudi bus. Four games in... 10 days for Tottenham, of course, coming up Sun, mm. uh, Sunday, first North London derby at the new stadium. Everton have got Southampton next. Ooh, yeah. tricky old Southampton off the back of that 1-0 against Man City. And then Wolves on Sunday. And speaking of people whose time looked to have passed them by, can we just have a little glance over at Jack Rodwell? I thought you were looking at Pete. <laughs> <laughs> So I bleached my hair to get away from those accusations. Quite oh, frankly. I thought that was, that was grey. <laughs> Well, you know, it's, it can only be hiding a multitude of sins, I would argue. Uh, Looking yeah. lovely. Old Cheers. Rodders, how do we feel about seeing him back? Those glorious 15 minutes on Sunday. We just wanted to take a little <laughs> glance at those. As he as he sauntered onto the pitch for Chris Wilder, replacing Chris Basham. Every time I'm <sighs> on the, the football ramble lately, it's like a true crime document. It's like, <laughs> yeah. so, Joe Hart, what happened to him? <laughs> Have we checked the mobile phone tower pings? Is he... We, do we need a call to the state penitentiary? What happened to Joe Hart? What happened to Jack Rodwell? He said, I think I think Sunderland have got a very good uh, record of like mismanaging their own finances, overpaying players, getting relegated, and then blaming those same players who stuck around mm. when they could have just left. Uh, they, they couldn't get a, a price for him. I think, where was he going to go? Oh, there's, Roma. And it's not his fault that he wants to hang around and play for his players. Um, so, yeah, I, I think um, taking him on... Because he was just kind of training with uh, Sheffield United, wasn't he, at, at, uh, at one point when, when that move fell through. Um, so he's a defensive, defensively-minded player who's played in midfield. Um, I think it's a decent little, it's a decent little uh, move. It's a decent little uh, play to have in your back pocket. I feel a little bit sorry for him actually because you know we obviously during lockdown we've kind of hammered Netflix, so we've kind of every, everyone now more so than ever are really attuned to those <laughs> Netflix villains like mm. you know um, Sunderland, Carol Baskin, <laughs> but, but yeah, Sunderland yeah. and and Jack Red, Redwell, Jack Rodwell, yeah. is the football villain isn't mm. he he's the reality star villain mm. that we kind of used to just having an opinion about through through nothing beyond you know a few bits of camera time uh, in a documentary like he didn't actually he didn't what he maybe said like three lines in the whole documentary <laughs> and everything about him was you know i suppose bestowed on him by people who clearly don't know how to run a football club yeah and and yet because we see them more than we see him we're like well take this take this at face value he's clearly evil he wants <laughs> he wants the tigers he definitely <laughs> killed her and he's gonna pay but yeah, yeah so I, I do feel a little bit sorry for him he obviously didn't come across great when he when he was on screen in that Sunderland documentary but i don't know it's kind of nice to see him back i like the idea though if he's going to perpetuate this kind of image of evilness that like He'll do, he'll do something nefarious at Sheffield United. Oh, what's yeah. he going to do? What would you 
choose. Let's not forget, by the way, England under 18 skipper. Well, he had a huge career. I mean, yeah. he signed for Man City. Yeah. You know, as, yeah, yeah. As, as I'm person. not saying that was the peak, but you know, <laughs> yeah. still, like, he's obviously a man who can lead people. <laughs> Guys, he owns a car <laughs> and it's not Honda Jazz. What? I think it, <laughs> are you dissing Honda again? I don't know. I don't know. I love Honda <laughs> and all of our potential advertisees. Jazz, jazz, jazz music, if you're listening. <laughs> jazz music, if you're listening. Call me. Honk me. <laughs> <laughs> well, he is. Uh, so we're all glad to see him back, basically, and we're hoping for nefar- nefarious plans. Yeah, I, I don't know what that'd be. Like, I didn't, you know, happy slap Chris Wilder. Um. <laughs> well, he's out of contract on the first of August this year, so mm. perhaps one for David Moyes to pick up. Is Everton? <laughs> it's absolutely a Moyes signing, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. he was at Everton, of he course, knows him, yeah. or left Everton when when Moisey was in charge there. Mm. So perhaps we could look forward to seeing him at the London Stadium. Rodwell and Jack Wilshire, <laughs> what could have been together at last? Oh. Nuts and gum. Well, we muse on that. Let's go to a break. <laughs> Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Join me, Pete Donaldson, and Japan-based YouTuber Chris Broad every Wednesday as we offer the lowdown on what's happening in one of the most unique and exciting countries in the world. The Abroad in Japan podcast is home to all things Japan, from things to do... So today we've come to you guys with 12 places in Japan that nobody knows about. ...to the bizarre... When I moved into my new apartment last year, the police guy came to my door, mm. knocked on my door, I opened it, it was a policeman, and he said to me, in English, I am Japanese policeman. <laughs> and I went, that's the best introduction you could possibly do as a Japanese policeman. <laughs> to the downright filthy. And for those of you who don't know what a Tenga is... Pete and I did discuss how to describe it best before doing the podcast, and I'll let Pete describe what a Tenga is. What is it, Pete? It's a solo male silicon-based ordinanist's aid, so to speak. Brilliant. New episodes every single Wednesday. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts. Abroad in Japan is a Stakhanov production. (laughs) 
All right, thanks for sticking with us on the <laughs> ramble. <laughs> we weren't sticking with you during that break, Kate, because we've had a conversation about Train, uh, the band Train that you were singing along to uh, Drops of Jupiter It's my in the vocal warm-up before the football ramble. You've got to be in kid voice, haven't you, before you uh, deliver ha, 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 ha. Yeah, yeah. It's quite a high song. Train Train would help, wouldn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Although, you should, isn't it about kind of stretching your voice? So shouldn't you be doing like Macy Gray? Because she, she was quite like She was gravelly though. She was gravelly. She would, like, that would tear. That's a polyp waiting to happen. Yeah. You've got to go low. <laughs> You've got to go low with a bit of uh, Barry White and high with a bit of, I'm trying to think of something. Nina Simone. Nina Simone, yeah. Um, uh, who's the one who does, love it, you? That one. Um, I don't know why you're asking uh, me. That singer. Uh, easy because you're beautiful. Do, I, do, I know do, the beat you Mini Ripperton. Yeah. Do a bit of Mini Ripperton. <laughs> so there you go. A little bit of advice for the car, for the vocal warm-ups. Also, uh, we were talking in the break about uh, FIFA. FIFA 21's got a release date. Kit reckons, and this is a monumental shout, the sort of shout you'd be able to see from space, <laughs> she reckons she's never played a FIFA. I'm a bit concerned that that is now. Now I've said it, I'm yeah. a bit concerned that that's not true. You're going to get caught with like a, a paparazzi shot from FIFA 16 launch Ooh, where you got given a free yeah. PS4. They'll go through your old tweet. Yeah. <laughs> really enjoying this at EA Sports FIFA game. <laughs> just... Yeah, no, I'm more a football manager kind of person. Right. But, okay. um, yeah, I'm pretty sure that I've never played FIFA. So, you do, so you're not even excited about... I mean, FIFA in many ways is just a, a rebadge every year, isn't it? They they introduce like little elements that every now and again. But like, so you're not even excited about the new things that might be arriving and how uh, COVID nineteen may even have changed the, the, how the new FIFA is going to be presented. I well, I've been looking at the new, the previous elements of FIFA twenty. Right. Okay. <laughs> You said, said that like a lawyer. Well, it's interesting you say that because I've been going through the previous elements of FIFA 20. Yes, for the prosecution for FIFA 21. And apparently the ball flight is much cleaner than it's ever been before. Cool. I, I, right. yeah, I, there was a few times when I was playing FIFA 20, but this ball flight is filthy. It whips. Yeah. It really does whip. I'd really like to see in the new one, um, like the crowd, the, the, the plastic um, cardboard cutouts of the people that they've put in the crowd. Yeah. I mean, that would be much easier to do than an actual crowd. Putting it into a game, truly. Maybe I'm. Maybe it's me being a bit psychotic. But when I saw those, those, those boards of supporters, mm. I kind of went back to like a. Do you remember Get Your Own Back? Um, yes. Or with, do, do you know like just at any fairground? It's like a gunge kind of show. Yeah, yeah, but you know oh, any no. any fairground where you've got like knock over or like break <laughs> yes. the boards. What is that gunge thing, by the way? Sorry to interrupt you. Gunge. Uh, yeah. What, it's um, flour and green uh, syrup on again. Okay, but it's a real. It's like a. I don't know if I want to say this, but it's like a sort of fetish. People, oh yes, people, oh, yes. Like, yeah, people yeah, constantly yeah. message Sky Sports presenters, being like, "We get done." <laughs> so, yeah. Sorry, what? Yes, will you get, so any will time you, get you put up a photo, yeah, any time you put up a photo on Instagram, even the old man with the yellow tie, just the girls, well. just the girls, <laughs> right. not Jim White, or maybe Jim I White. Jim, I don't Jim know. White. But yeah, it's, <laughs> I want to gun Jim White's yellow tie. <laughs> Oh, look, look, we are under no uh, illusion uh, that uh, women in the media have a f have a, an awful time, but also the strangest time, because the fetishes that are uncovered when uh, women are on Sky Spots are, I, I know a few presenters myself, and the things they get sent... It's extraordinary. Extraordinary. <laughs> people are into everything, <laughs> and stuff you wouldn't even know existed. But the gunge thing is, yeah, it, it, it's strange. But I don't think Dave Benson Phillips was a guns fe gunge fetishist on Get Your Own Back. Well, we don't know, do we? Well, maybe that's why he got into it. Yeah. 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 
I can only say <laughs> But we can say that there's uh, no guns in, in FIFA 21. No, no. There were... <laughs> well, uh, on Jim White's tie or otherwise. How, I mean, how would coronavirus manifest itself? Because obviously in, in Football Manager, they incorporated Brexit, didn't they? Yes. Which then affected the, the gameplay and how mm. you sign players. Um, yeah, I wonder, you could have like, kind of Carl Walker sex parties. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that would be that would be that would be something you would have to overcome. Yes, so. in the in the kind of like narrative, like maybe like a mystery sort of Hong Kong based RPG element where you got to figure out what the fuck is going on with Wigan. It's like uh, maybe uh, that's the new. You know the what was the what was the, the boy's name? You know you played it that like kind of Marcus Rashford alike. Yes, yeah, it was um, the, the journey, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah the yeah, journey. Yeah, yeah. Well, maybe that's it. Maybe oh. Yeah, the lockdown. The lockdown. Yeah, that's what it is. <laughs> and then, like, that. suddenly you're just like chilling at home, and then you get a knock on the door, and it's Mourinho because he wants to take you out for a run. <laughs> yes, like he did with Ndombele. Um Yeah, yeah or so he's much. like going down to the because he did that little query PR piece where he went down to help, you know, feed the aged or yes. something. So yes, perhaps yeah, he'd yeah. be like, right, do you? You're going to be one meter too close to these people. Yes. Do you do it for the good PR factor, or do you say, no, 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 I've got to conform to you know, quarantine mm. laws. I, yeah. enjoy, I enjoyed the phrase feed the aged. <laughs> that, that, that modern charity, <laughs> feed the aged. <laughs> Nutrient the aged. Um, I'd, I'd like to see uh, Gareth Ainsworth's uh, leather jacket. Obviously, we saw it in full floor uh, last Ooh. night, along with side uh, Joey Barton's glasses. I would very much like Joey Barton's deed respects to be some kind of DLC, uh, kind of extra added content you could put in a FIFA a little bit later on down the line. Um, but S- some child using his dad's credit card to pay fifty quid for Gareth Ainsworth's <laughs> video game. Cool hair and uh, <laughs> and cool dad jacket. Very enjoyable. We're in full Joey Barton tribute, aren't we? The three of us today. Three All glasses. Yeah. Mm, classy glasses. Yeah, I mean, we actually need ours, don't we? Yeah. <laughs> Does I Joey Barton need his? I don't know. They must be vanity. Do you reckon they're like a bit urban outfitters? Yeah, I think he's like, well, I've, I've, you know, I. I can't really tweet about the Smiths anymore because yeah. he's, he's gone off the wall. So I'll just have to wear glasses now. <laughs> he's mastered Latin, so yeah. I had to do Latin at school. So what? what, what am I, why am I revealing this? I had to do Latin at school. Yeah, don't worry, we've all been there. <sighs> Grim. Uh, you, what, so, am I in a room with two Latin speakers? No, no, Latin, and the man no, who can no, barely no, speak English. Not Latin me. speakers. I, I would say I was. I was a. Latin, I'm a Latin apologist. I think. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> what I am. Yeah. It was. Um, yeah. Well, you why. do Latin declamation, obviously. Declamation. What's that? What's that? Just declaim it. And then they judge. Okay. It right. <laughs> We're back in the courtroom again. Um, did you see the uh, Oxford Portsmouth? Oh, actually, you wouldn't have done because you were at the, uh, you were at the world's dullest football match. Did you, but but did the you see, penalty shootout. Did you see the penalty shootout? Decent. But it was a set of excellent penalties apart from one. But before the very first penalty, penalty was taken, somebody, and I swear somebody shouted the word shit, but it was the most muscular shit. I have ever heard uh, in a football context or setting. It was all wonderful. You know the 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 way that people try and put penalty takers off, and mm. often it's by shouting stuff or by waving. Obviously, there's been a few occasions where a man has got his genitalia out. Mm-hmm. To, that would be even more profound if one of the cardboard cutouts <laughs> behind the goal covertly was. Someone who was doing one of those things. Well, yeah. Did you yeah. see in that okay. Mexican game, you know, they had um, similar to how we've got in the Premier League. Mm. You can have a little video cam of the fans watching yes. on. A, a, a man a, in full bloom, wasn't he? It was right. just, a, just a penis. Just a right, penis. Okay. It, was, it was like chat roulette, basically. It was a chat <laughs> roulette. 
<laughs> Dearing me. But um, right the way through the shootout, what I enjoyed was Carl Robinson, the Oxford manager. He looked like he just dropped all of his ice creams. He looked so dejected. And Oxford won the bloody thing, which it was is weird, insane. wasn't it? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I'm sure Luke, uh, next time he's on the, the Football Ramble, he's going to very much enjoy his return because uh, yeah, his team is staying where they are. That's yeah. going to be that's got to be a horrible way to, uh, you know, we talked about it before mm. with, um, you know, Northampton Town and the way they secured promotion. I'm trying to. I'm still trying to square it in my head. If it's if you'd rather not be at a game where your team lose in that manner, where mm. it's so demoralising, if that takes the edge of it and makes it feel less real, but for it to go to the penalty shoot, it just makes it that little bit realer. And yeah. I, I, I do feel. I don't. We're not. Are we allowed to feel sorry for Luke? Is that a thing? Um, um, he got his Wembley time last year, so uh, him not being allowed back into Wembley the way that the Portsmouth fans uh, <laughs> kind of behaved, I think it, I think that's fair. Cameron <laughs> McGee's penalty upset him. I think it's fair mm, to say. I mean, yeah. it upset me to be honest. He looked like a little crouching, uh, some sort of crouching insect. Like one of <laughs> you know insects. You've, you've met insects before, haven't you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, you know <laughs> what is the green grasshopper? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it looked like a little grasshopper, and about. A minute before he took it, you could tell exactly where it was going right. and that it was not going in. I, I really couldn't. Oh, that's what everyone was saying on, on the WhatsApp. I'm like, I, don't, I, don't think, I don't think I could. That's mm. the worrying thing. I, I just wouldn't make a good keeper. That's the problem. I yeah. Uh, I thought you were a goalkeeper. I, I do play a little bit in goal. But I, so, that's why I'm not a very good goalkeeper. Well, he didn't yeah, say he was a good goalkeeper. <laughs> He's not true, making true, any yeah. claims to be a good goalkeeper. No one wants to be a goalkeeper. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, so we've decided that we question mark Oh, sorry for Luke. Sorry, Luke. Sorry, Luke. But sort anyway, of. Oxford go through. Wickham 2-2 up against Fleetwood. That means they win 6-3 on aggregate. Mm. And they're going to play Oxford United next Monday at a lovely empty Wembley. I really hope <laughs> that they have... Um, I really like how with the cardboard cutouts, you know, some people have put their dog on there. Yeah. But it's still shaped like a human. Oh, I quite enjoy lovely. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like it if they kind of went the whole hog and they, they had the cardboard cutouts at Wembley, but they're all corporates. <laughs> Yes. And they kind of took them away at half time <laughs> and put them back <laughs> an hour into the game. Really yeah. Yeah, yeah, people leaving <laughs> in, the, in the match to beat that Wembley traffic. Fantastic. <laughs> yes. Now, other games that are coming up. Coming up tonight, in fact, a, a triple header of delight from the Premier League. Uh, let's talk about Watford against Norwich City, shall we? Mm. Six, six o'clock kickoff, Vicarage Road, Watford. Just the single point above the relegation zone. And I guess tonight is the night when we find out how bad Norwich really are. <laughs> yeah, finally. Finally, we'll have an answer to that question. How yeah. bad are the team bottom of the table who've scored the least number of goals this season? People um, are saying that they're realistically down, which is how I would explain depression to my granddad. I'm, just, I'm, I'm all right, but I'm just, I am, I am realistically in the real world down. And he's going, I don't understand this. I'm going, that's how it, the world works. So we're not still going out. <laughs> <laughs> we are. So we're not really. No, no. no. I, I, am bra- <laughs> I am broken a heart. Yeah. <laughs> I am seeing other people. Um, yeah, no, it's, uh, it, it's weird because I kind of, it's, it means more to Watford to be playing Norwich than it does Norwich to be playing Watford. You know, mm. Watford have the chance to pick up some valuable three points here. And I think it's assumed that they will because Norwich look pretty dejected. I mean, Todd Cantwell, who I'm a huge fan of to see him, um, so sad as he was in the game against Brighton was um, that kind of really hammered home actually that from top to bottom at, at Norwich they, I think they've been they know they've known this was coming for a while but I think it's really hit home and then the kind of the emotional toil of being battered every other week mm. and then 
you know, not in the Liverpool sense, but actually being, you know, beaten quite severely on the field. Um, but then, uh, yeah, then just realising that what was supposed to be a great moment for them being promoted to the Premier League ahead of schedule is going to come crashing down in, in a pretty demoralising and kind of uh, yeah, unsympathetic way. Mm. Yeah, yeah, Campwell as well. He's out with a hamstring injury. Alex Tetty, Kenny McLean, doubtful. I mean, they've got a lot of injuries in addition to being quite bad at football. Which um, doesn't help, does it? <laughs> does not help. If, if the ones who are already bad at football are hurt. <laughs> Would you see Campwell at another uh, Premier League club next uh, season with someone coming from with some big cash? Where do you think, but like, where would you play a Cantwell? Mm. If you think about the, the clubs that are going to be interested in him, let's, you know, it, it wouldn't be um, rude to say that they'd be the bottom half of the table. Would they have place for someone who is a bit flashy, isn't necessarily the kind of player who's going to like dig in and fight for you? Not that he doesn't work hard, but. It reeks of a Leicester or Everton signing mm. for me. I know, I know they're top half. And that would be quite a, quite a gamble. <laughs> no, no, not anymore. Well, not yet. Okay, <laughs> but like you know, the the reason he was able to sustain the role that he has at Norwich is that he came through the academy and they're used to having him and they've played yeah. in a way that incorporates his gifts and to kind of pluck him out and put him into another team might not they, you know people might not necessarily come in for them and with that in mind, Norwich could be the beneficiaries of this because they could have him for a season where they look to get promoted straight back up again and mm. they've got you know they've got some really good young players I don't know if Max Aaron's going to play it sounds like Spurs are quite keen on him right to replace Serge Aurier um, and you know he's obviously but been, why would you want to replace Serge Aurier he's <laughs> I know sorry we've already talked about this game but that he's, was an eyebrow he's just a he's He's like a, he's an independent clown in a game in that like he doesn't necessarily play for Spurs but he's he's on their team sheet he's there and he kind of does what he wants and he sometimes he's brilliant and you're like God, I can understand why this guy's played yeah. for PSG and sometimes he's you're like what are you what are you doing why are you doing this you need like a, like a little clicker like a little puppy click over here eyes on the match please thank you <laughs> that's not actually a terrible idea let's go back to uh, Watford I had forgotten actually that when Nigel Pearson took charge they were six points from safety and obviously bottom so you know they're out of form probably but um, they, they they could put in a performance and use this opportunity to, to trash Norwich could be a nice day out for them yeah I, I mean I think they um, they've not been well, they haven't won a game, have they, since coming back? But I think they, they've they got to look at this and, and really kind of set their stall up. They've got the players to attack Norwich and they've got the mm. players to bully Norwich as well. So I, I think they they really just have to go hard at them. And, um, it's a home banker, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I, like, I, I, I hate to be so dismissive of another team in the Premier League, but I think Norwich are, are so done that Watford should absolutely take the three points tonight. Yeah. Um, also at six o'clock, it is Palace hosting Chelsea. Now, Crystal Palace... Got to point out that they're not actually arithmetically safe. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> I, I mean, like, it's a big shout in it. What are they, 42 points? Yeah, that? so if let's say Villa were to take all 15 points from the last five games of the season, yes. and they, I can see Palace not winning another game this season or not taking another point. But sure, but the, the thing with that is like it's always to assume competency on those who are worse than that team. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm not putting forward that this is an actual theory of what is going to happen, but I suppose the point I'm making is, well, what are they playing for? There's a, there's a lot of mid-table teams, and I include my own in that. Uh, as, uh, You'd that, say you're that, mid-table, just, would you? We're, we'll probably end yeah, up. Twelve's mid-table. We'll probably end, we'll probably end up there. And uh, yeah, I think uh, there are a lot of teams below that that are making the teams above uh, look very, very good. But the but their score draw at Man City, uh, Crystal Palace, um, the Etihad, seems like a long time ago. A long, long time. I mean, it is a long time ago. It was January, but... <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, they had a pretty good start to the season, to be honest, Crystal Palace. So yeah, it's just that they've yeah. got um, obviously up against Chelsea. Chelsea not doing so great in the last couple of games either. But um, there will be goals. Palace ship a lot of goals. There'll be the goals. But then after that, they play uh, Palaces, play Villa, Manchester United, Wolves, and Tottenham on mm. the last day of the season. Okay, so we're not backing them to go down. Good news. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and the last one uh, tonight is Arsenal up against Leicester. That is the 8.15 kickoff at the Emirates. We've heard a fair bit about um, Arsenal in the last few days. Tonight, Arsenal-Leicester, what would you go? I don't know. I think it'd be quite a free-flowing game. We, this mm. might... this Because it could actually be, be quite good. Because well, yeah. I um, thought Arsenal-Wolves yeah. was going to be... Wolves-Arsenal was going to be pretty turgid, but it yeah. wasn't... They look. Arsenal look to be onto something here, and I, I think maybe that's just looking at Arteta, looking at him generally. But kind of when when someone speaks with with authority and when they're decisive when it comes to contracts, and in the case of Matteo Guendouzi, when he's disciplining players, you tend to you believe in them a bit more. And I think the same goes for the players, not just for us from the outside or indeed Arsenal fans. And it does seem to be something something brewing there. He does seem to have got them. Kind of moving forward in the right direction, which would be really tough in a period where the consensus is let's just get through mm. what we have to get through. Uh, and so, with that in mind, I, I think this could be really interesting. Brendan Rodgers, I think the um, you know, I, I don't think one win suddenly flicks everything around and everything's back to normal. I think he needs a proper response from these players. And this this has always been the type of game that Leicester have done really well in. You know, traditionally since they've been in the Premier League for this particular term, so. Yeah, and Vardy seems to love kind of a bit of niggle against um, Leicester. I think this could actually go some way for Arsenal to send a message against other teams to say that they're kind of they want to stop being bullied because Leicester are the type of team that have bullied them before. Mm. Do you think that's the message they'll send, Pete? Um, yeah, well, I completely agree with this, to be honest. But I think uh, that's always the, sensible. The Arsenal re the Arsenal uh, re up, as I would uh, call it, uh, in, 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 inaccurately, um, is very much kind of as Brassel characterised it. I think uh, on, on the Ramble yesterday uh, that they they always kind of find this little bit of form. It's very Wenger-esque, this kind of like papering over the cracks, like with with, with a with a strong finish to the season. But there's never any kind of momentum. But if they can kick on uh, next season and play like they played in the last few uh, flash you certainly uh, um, home games I think it's um, I think I'd like to see that Arsenal side to be honest because I'm kind of bored of the conversation that Arsenal have gone off the boil when they've got such riches and some such excellent forward players I just I'd like to see him do something I would like to see him do something because I'm a secret Arsenal fan and I love the Emirates <laughs> <laughs> lovely place to watch football whoa what uh, what <laughs> It is a lovely place to watch football. It's stunning. If you like your football really quiet and corporate, well, you know. Yeah, I do. It is quite nice. It is quite nice. I don't think there's anything wrong I with that. Still in Hollow Road. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> Could you just keep it down there? Yeah, no, yeah. Sorry. Sorry. We will. Sorry, mate. Yeah. It's a, it's a nice ground to it's watch nice football. Ground. It's a lovely ground to watch. Football. Well, it's got a nice little media setup. I'll give it that. No, no, no. Ice it's cream. Uh, it's uh, like every seat. No. I don't, I don't. I don't buy into this. Like you've got when you go to a football game, you've got to be uncomfortable because that's the best way to watch football. Um, it's, uh, every seat is a good seat at the end. Yeah. I think there's a lot to be said for it. Yes, it might cost you a grand, but you get what you pay for, don't you? You don't get, get, your a, get a nice seat. As the owner of a Honda Jazz, would you say that? What's the fuel economy of Arsenal Football Club? <laughs> the thing about the Honda Jazz... Sorry, oh, God. To... <laughs> <laughs> Not my words. <laughs> Top tier magazine, Lynn. Um, yeah, long live the Honda Jazz. It's a nice car. It's a go-kart. <laughs> you know, I, I'm not a flashy man. I don't like flashy things. I wear flashy jumpers and that's about it. Mm. I was going to but... say, says the man in an orange sweatshirt. Yeah. Fish, yeah. are you secretly buff? 
Because I are you buff? Because I, I I've only seen you twice, and I think you were wearing a jumper both times. I think you might be buff. Take your no, off. no. So um, I, I would say I was in like fairly decent shape when right. I went into lockdown, and then daily drinking and eating and <laughs> humans need that yeah but but, but not to the success um, <laughs> not one human um, but also like I, I, I'm a real I, I've get into bad habits really quickly and right. this is the epitome of it um, I somehow managed to take up smoking during lockdown oh okay? no because I'm a, I'm a casual smoker when I drink and mm. then because I kept drinking I was like well you know what goes really well with this it just um, sounds like you've gone through the route of the um, 80s football journalist so look you, you're well on the way to becoming a, the, the, yeah. the head of a press room press room is that the way they call it? Yeah, I'm, 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 I've just started reading into racism as well. So <laughs> I kind of, you know, that's uh, hopefully be another string to my bow. Yeah. But to answer your question, no, I'm, I'm, I'm a fat mess. Okay, cool. Okay. I just, I just thought, I'd get, I don't know. I just, I just, I've seen Vish twice in my life. So, are you buff, Pete? No, God no. All right. We okay, all wear glasses, okay, are though. You, are you buff? Are you buff? I am actually quite buff. Yeah. yeah. She snapped every pair of headphones we've given her. <laughs> <laughs> you have quite big hands, don't you? Maybe that's. <laughs> Rich, do you want to start anything else in it? That's why she doesn't I don't play. know anything. I've got giant hands and what? that's why she doesn't social play FIFA. distancing, <laughs> social. Yeah. Can't find a controller. Yeah. <laughs> yes, he's one of those big pianos from um, from Big, just <laughs> <laughs> slapping the floor. It's big hands. She hasn't got big hands. She's right, Vish. Thank you <laughs> for a lovely time on the football ramble. This was the fun bus, whatever you called it. Say goodbye. Fun table. Goodbye. Goodbye, everyone. Uh, don't forget to listen tomorrow as well. Jules, Jim, and me. Yes. <laughs> we'll be back soon. Bye, guys. Bye. This was a Stakhanov production. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.